The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on You Need Therapy. They really do think that they can't move through life happily unless they forgive. They do feel like they're punishing themselves. Whereas the way I see it, I'm like, well, the original definition of forgiveness is essentially like, I'm absolving you. I'm telling you, oh, no, that's okay. And sometimes it's not okay. And it's okay for me to not say it's okay. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability. It's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man. I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey, y'all. My name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hey guys, it's Kat here. And today I have a fun episode for y'all with not one, but two guests. Their names are Jolenta Greenberg and Kristen Miser, and they consider themselves advice critics, which really caught my attention and made me say, hey, I need to talk to these people ASAP. Kristen and Jolenta spent years of their lives living by and critiquing advice from self-help books that they then talked about on a podcast called By the Book. They literally would read a self-help book and then live by that book for two weeks at a time, and they did hundreds of books. And now they just launched their new podcast, How to Be Fine, which is a half advice show and half cultural critique where they dissect the inner workings of the betterment industry while offering up some advice along the way, which makes a perfect pairing on uni therapy because you guys know how sometimes I feel about all of the endless information out there that changes every second. And so 
I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with them, the things that I asked them. I just found very interesting and it was really good to get a perspective from two people who went into this project with two different mindsets and came out with it with two different mindsets. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you learned something. I hope you resonate with something. Check out their podcast, How to Be Fine, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I linked their Instagram handles and a link to their podcast in the show notes. So you can go head to the show notes to connect with them, whatever way you want to connect with them after hearing this conversation. Now, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I've already listened or started listening to your new podcast, How To Be Fine. One of the reasons I wanted to speak to you guys specifically is I'm a therapist and I started this podcast and I feel like I've become part of a problem (laughs) by doing that. And Mm. I have this desire to help, but then I have this desire to not exploit people. And now Mm. I have this new frustration with the amount of content and like false content i was listening to your episode about the beef diet and i'm just like this just like crazy content out there but everybody wants help i am getting ahead of myself but before i get ahead of myself i want to start with just you guys introing a little bit about who you are and i'm curious how you got together to start the first project that you did with by the book and now how it sounds like that's transformed into the how to be fine. But I just want to hear the origin story of how you guys came together and kind of who you are in your backgrounds. So then I can ask all my questions. <laughs> of course, this is Jolenta speaking, by the way, Kristen and I met like a decade ago now working in a newsroom for a news radio show. And Kristen was the pop culture critic and reporter, and I was just the administrative assistant. And we became friends because she was the only person in the newsroom who, like, wanted to talk about subjects that weren't dry, sort of. You know, fun fun things. Movies, books, the latest, like, Real Housewives franchise. Like, so Kristen and I became fast friends. And I was sort of a mess at the time. I just finished acting conservatory. I was working as an administrative assistant. I was teaching. I was deciding to become a stand-up comedian. And so one of my jobs at the newsroom was to get all the books that the show was sent every day. And news shows get pitched tons of books. They get sent books from publishers, from authors, everywhere. And most of the books don't get covered on the news. Usually it's like, you know, a big historical biography or something, or some huge newsmaker wrote a book. Those books get covered. But the rest of them just get put on a shelf for people to, like, grab for last minute Mother's Day gifts and stuff. And I began hoarding all the self-help books because I was like, one of these free books should definitely have all the answers because I'm feeling a little lost. And then I guess because I'm an exhibitionist, I was like, what if I recorded myself like going through all these books? And then I was like, I'm a little too willing to go like gung-ho for each book like I I could end up joining a cult by accident yeah so like maybe I should have someone with a bit more of a critical eye someone who's less into self-help uh try them out with me and that was Kristen and Kristen is a bit more of a self-help uh skeptic and uh 
once we joined forces, we started our show by the book, which is a podcast where it's sort of a reality show meets self-help book club where Kristen and I lived strictly by the rules of self-help books for two weeks at a time. And the rest is history. And then we ended up living by close to 100 self-help books. We have done everything from, you know, manifest our dreams to redecorate our homes to make them more in line with our values, to go out and try and practice community care in the world, to try to, you know, transform our relationships. We've done so many different things based on what self-help books have demanded of us. We've even lived by the book How to Be Famous by Heidi Montag and Spencer oh Pratt. We, 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 we lived by one of Dolly Parton's it's books to go yeah. to your home state, Catherine. Yeah. We, we have lived by so many self-help books. And then we reached a certain point where we thought, you know what, we want to expand beyond self-help books. We want to expand to bigger conversations about wellness, the wellness industry, about health and happiness and so on. We want to talk about things that are trending on social media right now, not what's going to be published in a book two years from now after someone's, you know, gone through the whole editorial and publishing process. So that's why we're doing our new show now, How to Be Fine. And on that show, we are able to go into a lot of different directions and look at what looks good, what doesn't look good, what's being written by therapists about these topics, what's being written by investigative journalists about these topics, what our own experiences are with these topics. So our first couple episodes, one was about life coaches. And on that episode, we actually brought on somebody who had been to a life coach and had a good experience. But we also talked about the lack of regulation in in the industry and all of the abuses. And in the second episode, as you said, we talked about the all beef diet. (laughs) Yeah. So I love this idea that you have like a a skeptic and then somebody who's like, I'll do anything. And I imagine (laughs) that is just a good dynamic. I have to give you this piece of information because I was thinking about this when I was I listened to the life coach episode, because that's something that as a therapist, I will say there's a time and a place for a coach. There are really good coaches out there that I have recommended to my own clients where I'm like, you need something a little different than what I'm doing now. And, or you've moved through this thing and now you need this kind of guidance that I don't give. But what's funny is I believe that I also think coaches can be really exploitive. And I also think I agree that they can be tricked into starting and getting into that industry but that's coming from personal experience who was the one that said they contemplated being a life coach that would be me at one point I was actually that is so crazy okay so back in the day when I was in school like grad school to become a therapist I had this like crisis of identity this was in like 2012 through 2013 one of those years and I was like I don't want to be a therapist I want to be a health coach. Like I want to help people. And so I don't need to go to grad school and spend all this money, even though I was already signed up and spending all the money. And I signed (laughs) up for a coaching course. Like I did the whole thing and paid it. I wasn't that, it was maybe a couple thousand dollars to get through this whole thing. And it was nine months. And I did not do one assignment. I did not watch one lecture. I didn't do anything. And I just like, found a way to finagle my way through everything and then got certified. I will tell you, I never once used this at all. I never did any health coaching. (laughs) But I tell you that because I am certified 
I think right. there's probably things I would have had to keep doing, but I got certified. I did not learn one thing in that program. They gave me like wow. worksheets to use with people and helped me like, okay, in the first session you do this with a client, but I did not learn one piece of information on what I was coaching and what gives me the right to, to know this stuff. And it was a health coaching program, not just like a coaching. Thank God I was still in my grad program. But I mm. learned through that experience that really that program, if I was not in the program I was in and with the advisors and people that gave me the information that I had, I would have really hurt people because I would have been going out there with, this is how I think you should eat, or this is what I think is good for your body. And really, I could have t taught people how to have an eating disorder. And I, I share that because a coach is really great if they are in a certain space, but this can be true mm -hmm. for therapists too. But there's, I think one of y'all said there's no regulation. There's nothing. Anybody, I don't have to be certified to be a coach, mm -hmm. but that gives me yeah. like extra like, ooh, credentials. But to be a therapist, it's grueling and excruciating. Now there can still be bad therapists. I totally believe that. Totally. But to graduate, we also had to have the approval of our professors and advisors. So I could graduate, but if they did not think I was fit to be a therapist, I would get a different degree. I would get like a oh wow a human development degree versus a human development counseling degree. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to share that because I thought that was so fascinating. Just that that's what, I think that was the first episode y'all did. Oh, we should have had you as a guest on because that I would be know. fascinating to hear somebody who's actually gone through it who can attest to the fact that. Maybe I wasn't even qualified to do oh, this. Oh, at, at all. I was not. Even when I, the funny thing is, when I started to be a therapist, I still was like, I'm not qualified for this. And I wasn't. I had to have supervision for every so many client hours I had. I had to work under a person. I had to get, I had to take all these tests. And so I just think it's interesting where like, if you are a well sound minded human being, there can be really great coaches out there, but it's, it's really risky. And I think it speaks into the, some of the stuff I want to talk to you about because it seems like now, and maybe you have more information because you've done so many of these, you've read so many of these books. To me, it feels like right now, all of a the sudden, there is a million things out there. Do this, do this, do this, do this, be on this diet, manifest this thing, do this meditation, do this workout program. And like, I get very overwhelmed. Because I think I'm more like you, Jolanta, where I'm like, I'll do it. Like, if, if it's going to, yeah, I'll do I'm it. Like, this will fix it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I've, I've become very skeptical because I'm like, it feels like there's a million things out there. They all kind of promise kind of the same thing. And it's always changing. So right. I want to hear a little bit. It's kind of an open-ended question. But like, what has that been like for you as just a human in the world? getting all this information and then a human who's diving into all, I mean, you have to have so many things in your brain from all of those books you've read. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. 
it feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what was just that process like, taking in all that content and then trying all of that? For me, it's hard to sometimes remember after having taken it all in what rules are mine and what rules like I've read where it's like, oh, no, but like you're supposed to have this much water by this time in the morning. And I'm like, who said that? Like a doctor or like some random guy who decided he was like an expert in mornings, you know? (laughs) And so it's, it's like you were saying, everything is so oversaturated that it's hard to remember sometimes having exposed myself to so many people's like rules for themselves, like which ones are mine, but also being exposed to so many different kinds of rules people have for themselves. It's been interesting to be able to like pick and choose what does work for you and to see like what sticks around. Like I always fold my socks the way Marie Kondo told me to after we lived by her book in season one of by the book. Kristen doesn't, I don't think, but like that stuck for me and it works. And like, you know, a few other things. What about you, Kristen? 
living by all the books, I think for me has been much more exhausting than for Jolenta because I am very, very, or I shouldn't say more exhausting. I, I should say it's exhausting for me in a different way. Uh, Jolenta goes in enthusiastically wanting to believe, you know, the promises. And I'm somebody who goes through everything with a fine-tooth comb and follows every tiny micro rule down to the letter. And Jolenta likes to follow the rules to the spirit of the book, not necessarily down to, you know, every, I'm you know, clause militant. B, you know, subclause C underneath it, which is what I'm doing with everything. And and to me, that can be very exhausting. And sometimes it means I'm putting in 40 hours a week into doing something with socks where Jolenta is just rolling them and putting them away. <laughs> so uh, it, it has been at certain times very, very exhausting to me. But then also, I mean, I think that means Jolenta and I have gotten different things out of each of the books we've lived by, Mm -hmm. and in some cases have had totally different criticisms of the books because of how we follow them too. That is so interesting to me because you both having your own experience of, because there's not a one size fits all, right? Like there's probably some things that work for y'all and some things that you're like, I love that. And you're like, I hated that. So I like what you said about it was hard to differentiate between like, what is my rule and what am I just doing because I read it somewhere and I forgot it that I read it. What were some of the things specifically for each of y'all? And I, I want to preface this for anybody who's listening, that I like this kind of idea that we're talking about where you get to take in information and you get to sit with it and then you get to choose that works for me. I'm going to keep doing that. Or like, I think that works for my friend, but that doesn't feel true to me and how I want to live my life. And that wasn't because I think a lot of people especially in my experience as a therapist, people want like, what is the answer to this thing? I have anxiety. What is the answer? And I'm like, well, there is not an answer to anxiety. I don't even know what that question means. Like, I don't know what that means. And so when people are looking for answers, really what I want them to identify is what you're kind of talking about is what feels right to me. So can you tell both of y'all tell me separately, like, what are some of the things that you started doing in this process that you're like, this works for me and this was really helpful. And then some things that you're like, this did the opposite, even though I saw other people have good experiences with it. And maybe some of those conflict with you guys. Oh, totally. Oh, I'm like, where to begin? (laughs) Um, Oh, there's so much. Do do you want me to start off, Jolenta? Yeah, you start. Yeah. Okay. I'll give an example of one that I definitely got a lot of blowback many times when we were living by books, where a lot of authors say that you need to forgive. And forgiveness is a way to not live in anger, to, you know, when when you're choosing not to forgive, you're really punishing yourself, not the perpetrator. And I'm like, great, if you need to forgive to move on in life, if you need to forgive to be happy, if you need to forgive in order to move through life without having the albatross of anger around your neck, go for it. I don't need to. I'm totally fine not forgiving. And I'm not talking about every situation. You know, there's most things I will. Most things I'll forgive. Most things people, you know, we hurt each other inadvertently. Of course, I want to be forgiven when I do those things. Um, I want to forgive others. But then there are some transgressions where I'm like, no, what you did there was unspeakable and uh, it will not be forgiven, but it doesn't hold me back from enjoying life. And I don't care that 
over a third of the self-help authors whose books we've lived by want me to forgive. I'm totally fine not forgiving. And other people have a different approach to forgiveness. They really do think that they can't move through life happily unless they forgive. They do feel like they're punishing themselves. Whereas the way I see it, I'm like, well, the original definition of forgiveness is essentially like, I'm absolving you. I'm telling you, oh, no, that's okay. And sometimes it's not okay. And it's okay for me to not say it's okay. I'm so glad that you said that. That's something that I feel very passionately about. The forced forgiveness situation. Mm-hmm. It's You hear, I, I don't know if you've said this, but like I, I, I've heard a lot of like, when you don't forgive somebody, it's like drinking poison. And to me, I'm like, no. To drinking I'll, poison, expecting them to die. Yes, yes, that's yes, what it is. Exactly. Yes. yes, and I'm like, okay, but if you, I just think of this as like, in extremes is the easiest way to describe it. But if I've been abused by somebody, it's okay for me to say, I'm never going to say, I forgive you. It's you're f- it's fine. Let's move on. Like to me, forgiving somebody in that situation, depending on the person, that can feel like poison. And yes, so right. I'm really glad you said that. And what I hear underneath of that is if giving options. Like if somebody needs to forgive in a certain situation or if that feels right in a certain situation, totally, let's do that. And if it doesn't feel okay in a certain situation, it feels harmful to me. I have the ability to say that doesn't fit. So I love that. Was there anything that you loved, like any book or experience or or just activity you did from a book that you were like, I got to keep doing this. This has changed my life. Oh, I always love books that don't just look inward, but that look outward. And so some authors call it community care. When we're doing things that are making the world a slightly better place, for example, you know, helping somebody carry their groceries if they're being held back by those, helping a neighbor shovel their driveway, walking around and cleaning up rubbish in the neighborhood. Because, you know, that whole philosophy around community care is really that maybe some of the things that are causing us to feel alone in the world or feel anxious aren't just because we have the wrong mindset. It's not because we're not thinking positively enough. Sometimes the reason we feel anxious and unhappy in the world is because our world needs to be helped a little bit because our world is messed up. And to go out there and maybe fix some of those things, fix the pollution, fix the inequality, become more politically engaged, sometimes being involved in those things can make us feel way better than writing out a list of the top three things I'm grateful for when I wake up in the morning. I agree. A lot of clients will come in and say, I have, let's just go with anxiety because I said that before, like I have anxiety and I need tools and whatever to again, fix that anxiety and make that anxiety go away. And I sometimes just look at them and I'm like, well, I feel like maybe you might have anxiety because the world that you're kind of living in, speaking of like pandemic, we were talking about your trip, Nashville was your last trip before the Mm. pandemic. Mm. Speaking of the pandemic, we're living in this world where we were isolated. I mean, all the things everybody knows, we've been talking about the pandemic since the pandemic started, but your anxiety might come from the fact that you're now living in this social environment that you were not created to live in and things have changed and all of that. So maybe it's not like a, like you said, an inward thing. I need to go fix this problem with me. It's that there's an issue in my community or there's an issue in my culture or there's an issue and that is going to help me feel better versus the gratitude list. So I I wish more people kind of spread solutions that way too of looking outward. So I like that. Jolenta, what were some of the, uh, the did not like this and the, oh, this was really helpful. I'm going to do it forever. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Jolenta, what were some of the, uh, the did not like this and the, oh, this was really helpful. I'm going to do it forever. Did not like this. This is uh, another thing Kristen and I have gotten some blowback on. And uh, it's just it's just a matter of certain things work for some people. Certain things don't. But I, at least in the ways that it's been presented to me in the books we have lived by, not the hugest fan of meditation, at least as it's prescribed first thing in the morning often, like to get in like the, you know, optimal mindset. And I think it is great. I think it has a time and a place, but I think prescribing it as a fix all for centering people, like it, it just doesn't work. There are studies about meditation not working for people with ADHD. Like 
I was having trouble sitting for meditation. I realized now this was before I got um, diagnosed with lupus. And it's like I was dealing with like pretty severe chronic pain and didn't notice it. And like meditation was making me more aware of it, but it like wasn't helping anything at the time. And again, I know there are tons of proven benefits to meditation, but being prescribed it as sort of a big dose of like feel good medicine, the way it's often described, like did not work for me, no matter how hard I tried. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's a struggle probably a lot of people have of everybody says meditate, meditate, meditate. But my personality doesn't like to meditate or I feel angry when I meditate or it throws me off. <laughs> oh, that's me. Yeah. Did like, you not like meditation either? I, I fall asleep no. all the time. Yeah. It. Like, yeah. So, okay. So that didn't work. What's something that you liked that might have actually been better than meditation? Well, one thing I've liked and uh, like I struggle, I, I struggle as most people do with the negative self-talk. Like we all got it. We all love it. We don't love it. I'm, but, you know, and there's a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter, who's a real doctor, not like an honorary doctorate. So it looks better when you write a book, but like, you know, a real psychologist who's practiced and researched. He writes about the neural pathways we create and how sort of self-talk can get sort of stuck on a loop and how to sort of change that, how to be nicer to ourselves. And one of the things he says in the book is basically like, think of how you would talk to a friend. Would you talk to a loved one the same way you often talk to yourself? And just pausing when you're in a stressful moment, being like, oh, that was so stupid. Like, you're such a moron. And being like, wait, is that how I would yell at Kristen if she messed up at work? Uh, no. So maybe I shouldn't yell at myself that way. And that's been just a super helpful reminder when I get sort of really rolling on a negative self-talk train Yeah, to just be like, wait, is this how I would talk to anyone else in my life? Probably not. I agree. That is a great thing to do. I struggle with that too. I'm like, oh, you idiot or you're late. I'm like, if my friend was late, I would say no big deal. Like, it's okay. Like, we'll move through it. But I am the first one that can turn that on myself. So I like that as a reminder. So what I'm thinking, I'm making this up in my head, but I'm just thinking about you guys and the excessive, I'm going to use the word excessive, amount of content that you have absorbed feels overwhelming to me. I am somebody who used to love, love, love the every self-help book, specifically ones who are written by therapists or doctors, or I just wanted to eat that stuff up. And I recently, this year, actually, it's when I started this, I was like, I'm not going to read any, even if they're books I want to read for work. It's like, I'm going to pause. I'm now going through the Harry Potter books for the first time, which has been life changing for me because I was always like, no, I'm not reading those. But I had to take in just some like enjoyable fun. You don't have to apply this to your life and your everyday just to kind of calm down a little bit. So I'm curious of what that experience is for you now that you're like transitioning from reading all the content to now just like living your life lives with the content that you've um, taken in. What is that like for you now to not be every two weeks reading a book or every month or however often? And do you feel overwhelmed by all of the information that you now hold? Oh, that's such a good question because 
on the one hand, uh, because we are not every two weeks living by a new self-help book, it just opens things up to, oh my gosh, there are a million other things out there other than books, and it's everywhere. Yeah. It's movies. It's things showing up on my social feeds. It's you know trends that I'm hearing people talk about in the coffee shop. It really is so much bigger than books. It is overwhelming, and it is everywhere. But it's not all bad. It's exciting to see, you know where we are right now and what's good and what's bad. Not all of it's bad, yeah. but there's definitely bad in there. And it's fascinating <laughs> also. Fascinating in what people actually are being drawn to and why. Like when Jolenta really dove into the all-beef diet and learning all about that and the research she did, for me, learning about it from her, because we take turns telling each other about what okay. we're researching. Yeah. And with that, it was just fascinating, you know, why would somebody be drawn to this? And there are actually legitimate reasons that are not worth mocking, you know, people who are dealing with chronic health issues. It's not just people who are trying to get jacked and have giant muscles, but to learn about what draws people to these different trends that are happening right now. So that's been fascinating. But I, I do just want to also say, as far as no longer living by self-help books at this point, the biggest difference probably in my life is that I'm not recording constantly. While we live by self-help books, because it was a reality show in a way, my husband and I, for the entirety of our marriage, he was being recorded. We were making the show for 10 seasons, and he was recorded the entire marriage. And so, and our friendships, our coworkers, everybody was being recorded all the time. So it's it's been kind of a relief to not have everything recorded all the time. <laughs> Wait, that's wild. Like, you were just recording out in the wild, not just like in a studio conversation. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah, we have sort of audio diary, like reality show-esque moments in between our narration of like what our experience was like. We we throw a clips and buy the book. And buy the book is also in the same feed as yeah. How to Be Fine, our new show. So if you just like scroll back, you can see like the whole catalog. I'm glad you said that because I, when I was listening to the couple episodes that you have for how to be fine I was like wait a second they said this just came out but there's all of these different episodes right, so that's right, the yeah. by the book but that's fascinating that that's how you did that that must have been I think fun and and creative in one space and the other there sounds like oh my gosh my life feels so different now <laughs> I like that you just said I didn't think about this that now that you aren't like living by those books you're also opened up to the fact that everywhere there's something and it's almost like faster. Like I think the trends on social media, I feel like every week there is oh, something totally. else trending, <laughs> something that you should be doing. And and like you said, just how I feel about life coaches, some of the things I'm like, that's awesome. Or like, yes, let's keep telling people about that. Like this shouldn't be a secret. And some stuff I'm like, this seems like there's an agenda somewhere or this wouldn't work for a lot of people and I'm kind of scared. And then I like that you said even the stuff like the all beef diet, which I had never heard of that. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard of a lot of diets. I work with a lot of, um, uh, I do a lot of right, work with eating right. disorders and body image. But the all beef diet has not really come up yet in my sphere. So that I found that very fascinating. But yeah, I like how like even in the sect of that, there are reasons that that could be helpful to somebody. And so let's not just jump on everything and just like demonize everybody out there that's creating a trend. Was that like a almost a skill that was developed by y'all doing these projects? 
because I think I'm the opposite. Sometimes I'm like, oh, another trend. This is just, oh, I'm so frustrated. But it sounds like you're like, oh, this trend, let's look at it from both sides. Is that a skill that's developed or have you guys, I know you started as the skeptic and you were the one that wanted to jump in. So did that shift a little bit as you did your research? It definitely shifted. I've definitely become more skeptical. And I think, like, honestly, a lot of what has helped me with my skepticism and, like, helped me, like, use my skepticism is figuring out, like, the point of view of your author, of your advice giver, trying to figure out where they come from. If you're looking at someone who's the therapist for 20 years and then decided to write a book about their specialty, that's one kind of source. If it's someone, you know, like Mark Manson, who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, who, you know, a few years prior was working like in the pickup artist industry and wrote a book on how to date models, you might be like, oh, this person likes to sort of exploit trends and maybe pivoted to a genre that has a greater selling power. You know, you yeah. have to look, is this person looking to become like an influencer almost and using giving advice as like their way in, their way to get views, the way to get a book deal? Or is this person looking to actually like share advice that's changed their life or that they've used to help change other lives like in legitimate ways? I like that you just gave language to that because that book was so popular. So oh, yeah. still I mean, popular. It still is. It's still a bestseller. I, yeah. I don't subtly hate that book. <laughs> it's that book. That book is just nagging the reader being like, admit you're fucked up and then like get over it. Oh um, my God. Like, yeah. It's it, like not kind, but I like yeah. that idea. You said like, get to know the author a little bit more and get to know what the author's angle might be. Did you ever read or have you heard of the book why men love bitches oh yeah did you read that we book? by that we book. lived by no! that oh my gosh okay and we picked it like right before it was sort of blowing up on tiktok and it was sort of like fortuitous that okay when was that because i did not see it on tiktok so it was that like, re- a like year in the last ago, couple years probably probably like a year ago it has good soundbite type passages mm-hmm. but when you read all the advice it's very like don't be a dumb slut, bitch. And it's like, whoa, why bl- Why are we blaming women for like the institutions like set up by men that keep us down? Like, oh my gosh. Sorry, I digress. I, 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 yeah, I interrupted. No, you're that. I can't wait to hear more about this because I was given that book. This was back in my health coaching wannabe days. I was in grad school <laughs> and somebody gave me that book and was like, you need to read this book. It's going to get you a boyfriend. I was like 22, 23, maybe actually maybe a little older. And I started reading the book and I think I got like maybe 30 pages in. I don't remember how far, but I just remember being like, I can't do this. Like, this is not who I am. And so if I keep doing, if I do this, I'm going to attract somebody to not me. Like, they're not going to like me. They're going to like this person I'm being we're gonna like this person who never calls them back and always um pretends to hate them right (laughs) and then like then what happens I don't need you you don't need them it's just fine you shouldn't need a man but like you can love one yeah Yeah, but I but I think my thing was like okay well what happens when like 
we're dating and I want to call him. Like, can I call him now? And then he's going to be like, where did this girl come from? She doesn't like me. And I like the girl that doesn't like me. So how did you guys live by that? Because I can't imagine living by that. book. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of like, uh, you know, I would call my husband into a room and then be like, just so you know, I don't need you. And then he'd be like, what? Why? Okay. Um, it was just, it's a lot of fronting, basically. Yeah. It was sort of, now I'm just sort of on like a pickup artist like thought yeah. train, but it's sort of like how to be a female pickup artist light, like sort of nagging a guy, acting like you don't care, acting like you don't need them. But again, like never being genuine or sincere. So they're never getting to know you other than these like games you're supposedly playing mm-hmm. because like men love bitches more than kind Regular people like, yeah people yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. just always keep the man on his toes keep him chasing so Jolenta and I tried to find ways to make our husbands chase us and to never be able to like you know put their finger on what we were up to or what we were thinking and to always yeah. keep them confused essentially well talk about anxiety and how anxiety in our culture has become such a thing I'm not married but being y'all being married and then having to create this game in my relationship would have caused me so much internal chaos I would not feel excited about that I would be like oh my god is he he gonna chase me or is he gonna think I'm mean is it did it work or like okay what do I you can't be yourself (laughs) right oh okay I I have to go back and listen to that episode because that that book I could do a whole maybe I will do a whole podcast on that book myself it is so for lack of a better word very toxic which brings me to kind of the question I can't I want to like end on with y'all I'm going to ask this two ways because I don't know which way is going to resonate the best. So if you could offer one piece of your own advice from your experience or bust one myth that you think is rampant in our culture right now, what would that be? I have a particular issue with experts saying, if I can do it, anyone can. And I would like... Anybody who hears that in the future, just scratch the surface and see who the person is who's saying that. If I can do it, anyone can. I came from nothing. Well, did you really come from nothing? Oh, no, you went to a prestigious boarding school and then on legacy qualifications got into an Ivy League school, which your parents paid for. Oh, you've never dealt with student loan debt? Oh, you've never actually been in an abusive relationship before? Oh, you've never actually dealt with systemic inequalities due to your gender or race? Well, maybe when you say, I can, if I can do it, anyone can, maybe you're not actually talking to me. You're just talking to other people who had all of the same advantages you did. And I'm not saying that that person didn't have any struggles in life. You can still have all those advantages and still have certain struggles, but you probably don't have the same struggles I do. You probably are not dealing with the deck stacked against you the way it's stacked against somebody who perhaps has you know, poverty in their history or race or gender inequality to deal with as well. And so just, you know, please, everybody, all these self-help authors love to use that phrase. All of these influencers, all of these life coaches like to say, if I can do it, anyone can. That's probably not true. You can do a lot of things, but you're dealing with a different deck of cards than that person. Yeah. And what like shaming language that is. It's exactly. like not If you can't language. do it, like, you're, I guess you're loser. not everyone. You're a loser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I just think of, which is I constantly have like so much stuff going in my head about like, should I take this podcast down? And should I just do this? And because am I, am I part of this problem? But 
we are so nuanced. Like humans are, even if it looks like I've had all the same struggles as you, I haven't. And I could have all the same struggles, except I've maybe been in a relationship that was abusive. And that one thing can be the biggest change. And so I find it very damaging to use that like all or nothing kind of language with anything, Mm. which is really hard. I think I've had I'm a therapist, but I think another part of my brain is so creative. And so I have all these ideas of I want to write this book and I want to do this workshop, but I want to do this thing. And I have to keep going back to, I used to get in a fight with my, not, he wouldn't call it a fight, but this push and pull with a business consultant I had because he would come up with all these like business strategies. And I would say, I'm not doing that. The things that sell are not the things that I'm willing to say. So like if I can do it, mm. I've pulled myself up from this and I've created this empire and blah, 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 blah and all this stuff. So here's how you can do it. I would never be able to say something like that, but that's stuff that sells really well. So yeah. I'm so glad that you said that and offered that. It goes back to what you said too, like look at who's selling you whatever product or book or thing that you're, even if you're not buying it with money, what is their MO? Because there's a difference in, of course, Jobs are jobs and we all need money to provide for our lives. There's a difference in like helping and just wanting to like sell a product or idea. Um, So thank you. Jolenta, would you say something different, like a myth or something you would tell somebody? I would say ditto what Kristen said for sure. And also just to keep in mind, there's a difference between trying something new, maybe pushing a boundary in a healthy way and just forcing yourself to do stuff you don't want to do. And like, just because a book says it or some like uh, self-appointed, like self-help guru says you should do it. doesn't mean you have to, if you're not feeling it, which is something I had to learn where it's like, yeah. Oh, right. I can put this advice down. I don't have to employ it yeah. if it's not working. And like, you're not broken if it's not working. Maybe the advice isn't applicable. Isn't that good? doesn't work for everyone you know well and you could love a book or a person or or an influencer or a therapist you could love one of those things and not love everything so I'm just thinking about some of the things you probably have done like I can take part of that and just because I don't want to take all of it doesn't mean that I'm throwing it all you don't have to throw everything away so that's awesome so talk to me just a little bit about the new I know we talked about in the beginning but the new podcast it's from what I've gathered, a transition into like, now we did all of this. So now we want to go out there and do something a little different. So what is the motivation and the future of that and hopes for that podcast? How to be fine is a show where we get to be even more critical of the self-help industry. So we explore a hot topic and we discuss listener questions around the world of wellness and betterment and self-help. So even if it's not on a episode you've done, they can be like, I saw this on TikTok. What do you think about it? Yes, totally. Yes. Yeah. And yes, we'll look absolutely. into it. We'll give our two cents based on like what we know of the wellness world and like what is and isn't trustworthy advice and sources. I want to send you some questions because I'm just interested. But do it. have you done, I'm assuming you have, but the biggest thing that is coming to me in my office, it will not the biggest thing, but one of the big things is the lucky girl syndrome. Have you seen that? 
Lucky girl syndrome. What? Do tell okay. me more. Okay, well then you I have to. This do- is something I need to research. Yes. Like the second we get off this call. Oh my god, you yeah. have I to do think this. I know what you're talking about, but I want to hear it like solidified. Okay, yeah. So if you type it into TikTok or probably any social right. media, you'll get tons of stuff. But it's literally just the power of positive thinking, which like right. that's what I thought. I think is helpful. There's a time and a place for that, and I do believe the more that we are looking for the like little pieces of gold in our life even if they're tiny the more we're going to see them and the more that the negative is not going to be as heavy so I I don't like hate it it just has become huge all of a sudden and it is just I think it started from my understanding I could be wrong but some girls starting to say like good things always happen to me and then Mm -hmm. these good things keep happening to them and is it that that's changing their life or because you are saying that you're more prone to be steered to see the good things like a parking spot that you got that you normally would be like oh I got a parking spot close but you wouldn't really care but you're like see everything good happens to me I got this great I'm a lucky spot. girl yes yes <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of stuff with just like um I think what I've seen the the critics of it has been like privilege and that, that can't apply to everybody and so it would just be interesting to get y'all's Right. take after a deep yeah, dive. Yeah, I mean, that's what I understood is it's basically like the latest iteration of like the law of attraction yes. Yes. sort of magical thinking yeah. where it was like, see, I'm lucky like all this stuff, like I just like I think it and it happens. It happens. Or, and, and again, it's also you're noticing more and more of the little positive moments that could be serendipitous but now you're attributing it to manifestation. Yeah. Which is always rough because some of that is circumstantial. Some of that is based on privilege, perhaps, or socioeconomic status, which is a kind of privilege. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some people who just based on where they are in life, like cannot be as lucky as some of these people you're going to be seeing on TikTok. And then it's just sort of the blame of like, if you're not getting everything you want in life, it's your own fault because you're not manifesting it hard enough. You're not mm-hmm. yeah. really zoning in on the positive. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's just interesting that it is like this is just an iteration of something we've already been taught. And like, it's the secret. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, the secret. it's Yeah. It comes back again and again and again. Yeah. yeah. Self-help books all the way back to the 1930s were doing this. The same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was like I said, I was so excited to talk to you guys because this has been something that's been inside of my body screaming to get out for a while (laughs) where can people find both of y'all and then also the podcasts where's the best place and way to find that too we have an instagram feed how to be fine pod so you can see what we're up to there and then to listen to the show we are on every podcatcher out there spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher pocket cast wherever you look for how to be fine you'll find us okay and then by the book is in that same so if people search by the book they won't find it but they they search how to be fine it's how just to be in fine there. yeah okay. it'll be in exactly the same feed if you look up one show it'll direct you to the other and vice versa okay and it'll get you to that same feed that is now called how to be fine okay beautiful can people follow you on instagram individually do you have public instagram yeah okay at at Jolenta underscore G and at K10 Mindser. Okay, beautiful. I will put all that stuff for those listening in the show notes so you can just click that stuff and find them, find the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. 
Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.